0: This is episode five of the Chalk Dinosaur podcast. I've got a new album that I just released. It's called Sunset, and it's available on all platforms. Uh, it's a it's a compilation of uh, electronic music compositions that have been, uh, you know, compiling uh, over the last year. Some of the ideas are as much as Four years old uh, I think the the two oldest ideas I'd, I did in 2015 and then a lot of them kind of just been hanging around uh, until I you know and then I after the full band album was done which is called Sprout uh, I wanted to finish all these ideas that I liked but were you know at the about 80% done mark which is a really hard place to Close out that last 20% To make it feel done What is done anyway You know that's all in your head What's done Basically done is You know you feel like you've You've made it the best you can make it Basically done just means You're accepting it the way it is I could have I could have kept Tinkering with these for For more time But I feel like I I was I had reached the point of diminishing returns in terms of having them opened up and trying to make them better uh and I think at at a certain point it actually starts to go backwards and they start to get worse at least for me because uh you know something'll sound good and I'll keep adjusting it and tinkering it and it'll be it'll start to sound different and then I won't be able to get back to the way it sounded before Um, yeah, I tried out some new mastering techniques and some new mixing techniques. Uh, I figured this would be a good album to kind of try and learn some new things, try some new things that maybe push the envelope a little bit with the mixing and mastering processes to try and, uh, try and get better. I mean I'm I'm always trying to do that but there's always a balance between trying new techniques and playing it safe and doing, you know, safer safer methods that are tried and true um but yeah I kind of wanted to try and push learn some things this would be a good album to experiment with uh the mastering I I'll I'll do an episode on on that to go more in depth with it, but it's, I was trying more saturation plugins and clipping plugins, which I'll explain in a, in a different podcast that's technically oriented. So people, uh, people can listen to that if they want to hear it, but you know, they don't, they don't have to sit through that technical jargon if they don't want to hear it. Uh, anyway yeah new album sunset 17 tracks it's the 18th chalk dinosaur release and uh super excited to have that uh released also uh there's a show coming up on november 1st at the rex theater uh, we're gonna be opening for a producer from denver called manic focus um he does kind of like high energy, electro funk, little bit of kind of dubstepy, like hard, hard, heavy, high energy funky beats. So, uh, yeah, for that show, uh, we're gonna do, we're gonna do the more electronic chalk dinosaur music, which is what me and my brother Nick do, as a two piece. Or if I play a show solo, you know that that those are the kinds of songs I'm playing the more electronic kind, so yeah, we're planning on playing some some songs from the new album, and uh yeah, and then we got another show November fifteenth at the Thunderbird with different places in space, and uh one of my musical idols uh misaligned mind with Zach Weisinger, who's been maybe the biggest guitar influence. In my life So that That should be awesome You gotta see him And that'll be a full band show Because you know That'll fit that that uh, show A lot better than uh, the electronic stuff So that's the, uh, that's the pro of having These different forms To work with uh, I can play more shows You know if it's an electronic show We do the two man or solo uh, you know, if I'm playing with a DJ or a hybrid type electronic music with, with some live musical elements, there's a lot of, a lot of acts like that these days. So we can fit in with that and then we can fit in with the, the live band, the full band type sound, uh, more jam, uh, type music, rock music, uh, yeah, the drawback is, uh, I think it's hard to, it's kind of hard to market, and it's hard to, uh, it's just, I, I feel like it could be confusing for for listeners, unless, you know, you've been, unless you're like a, a, a somebody who listens a lot and has familiarized themselves with kind of the way the Chalk Dinosaur universe operates, which is, all these different parallel things happening, um, all these different parallel forms. But yeah, it could be confusing to someone who listens to Flow State, then comes to see us and sees us play Sprout, uh, or vice versa. So, I don't know. Just trying to keep it keep it interesting for me, uh, because if I lose interest, then no way in heck uh, I'm going to be able to, you know... Project, I don't know, I, I, I've i got to stay interested because I know that if I'm watching somebody and they're very interested in what they're doing and passionate about what they're doing, I'm more interested and I absorb what they're putting out. So, you know, I think that's crucial. If I wanted to do something more focused, I've considered creating another artist entity to do some kind of very narrow, specific genre of music. Uh, Something I'd still consider. It's a constant uh, dilemma, or not dilemma, like debate between like, well, I kind of like having everything I do under one name, so it's all in one place. But, you know, releasing music under a different artist entity of a very specific style like if i made like a chill wave artist entity or like a house music one uh that would you know in in many ways be uh that would be that would be cool too uh but you know I i got my hands full trying to manage this one so yeah i don't know and first things first you know you got to get a de- if I were to do something like that I needed to decide what specific genre I wanted to explore and then and then make the music and then I could figure out the rest after after the music is there anyway I'm getting off on a tangent here yeah so new album and show now let's go ga- let's get down to the uh let's get down to the recap from weeks 3 and 4 of this lifestyle design experiment that I've been doing, where I've I've made uh, seven daily practices that I that I do, um, and I've tried to adhere to them strictly for a month. And today is the last day. So, in case you didn't hear any of the previous episodes, the seven things I was trying to do every day was wake up at 4:30 in the morning, meditate for 15 minutes. Journal three pages, exercise for one hour, Uh, write a task list for the next day, the night before, uh, before I go to sleep, and no alcohol, cigarettes, or recreational drugs. So, uh, oh, did I say a gallon of water, drink a gallon of water a day? Yeah, that was, that was a part of it too. So there's seven things there. And, uh, yeah, so the verdict is in, uh, this month of October was highly, highly productive. Um, I, I feel like I, I really cranked out a lot of material this month with the album, the podcast, the music video for the album, the, uh, uh, well, I'd have to look at my my task board. Yeah, I made this task board in my room. Uh, I got the idea from Silicon Valley, that show where they've always, they've got that task board where they have got the sticky notes and like when they're done with a the task, they move it over to the, the done side. That looks pretty satisfying. So I made one and it is very satisfying and I like it and I'm definitely keeping it. Uh, so I've kind of used the task list the daily task list so that's for my daily stuff you know what's what am i what am i trying to get done that day and then the task board is for bigger longer term more involved uh, tasks so stuff like you know releasing sunset the new album that was that was a sticky that was up there and then under that sticky i had all these other slightly smaller tasks that were involved in the release, you know, like upload to all platforms, like finish all mixes, finish all masters, uh, register with ASCAP, uh, create album cover, uh, create graphics for all the social media websites, stuff like that. So all these... So I kind of had the big sticky, and then I had, like, all the little stickies. So I got the little stickies over onto the done side, and then I was able to move the big sticky over. They're not actually bigger and smaller in size. They're just, you know, bigger or smaller in job size. Yeah, so I like that a lot. Um, But, yeah, keeping, uh, keeping a daily list has been very helpful and staying focused and making sure I'm not uh getting off track I got a little bit off track today uh, researching Hawaiian shirts for some reason well actually I know exactly why but uh uh I, I had the urge to get a Hawaiian shirt and uh there there were two causes for this I believe my older brother Mike planted the seed a couple months ago probably uh, he sent me a video, uh, I think it was Hayden James, or some DJ or producer, he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt, he's like, he was like, John, you should get a Hawaiian shirt, <laughs> and uh, I didn't get one then, but the idea was in there, and then I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and uh, Brad Pitt wears that Hawaiian shirt, I'm like, man, maybe I should get a Hawaiian shirt, <laughs> so I did. And uh yeah, I'm probably I'm gonna wear it at the show, assuming it fits right and yeah. You know what? They're they're back. Well maybe they're not, I don't know, I have no idea. I went shopping yesterday uh because I wanted to get some get some newer clothes that weren't a t shirt, you know, a t-shirt and shorts, which is basically what I've been wearing for the last ten years some variation of that, so, as you can see, I'm wearing a shirt with buttons on it, that's unusual for me, and I, I, I got this shirt yesterday, I was pretty excited about going shopping, because I never do it, but I quickly remembered the usual pattern where I'm like, kind of excited at first, and then i and then I become very indecisive about what I like or have trouble finding a piece of clothing that I like and then I'm trying all these things on and then I am end up like spending a lot of time there and then by the end I'm like, I got to get out of here now and I got to go. So uh, yeah, went to, uh, went to the new place, The Block. That's like the, the renovated Northway Mall so, uh, yeah. You know, I wanted to check out that Nordstrom Rack. And you know what? I'll tell you what. Marshall's has a pretty decent candle deal. The Village Candle. It's the poor man's Yankee. It's northern pine-scented. You know, it's smelly enough. And it says it's got 170 hours of burn time. So, heck, that's, that's way more than any of the other candles I've been getting. So, uh... I'll have this warm glow keeping me company here at the desk for, uh, hopefully 170 hours. But, uh, yeah, man, I went to, I went to Urban Outfitters and, uh, I kind of got the feeling I might, I, I think I'm too old to go there now, or either I'm too old or I'm too not stylish to go there. I noticed Okay, I almost bought my first pair of skinny jeans today at where was it? I think it was at Nordstrom. So I was super, you know, if I would have got them, you know, super late to the super late to the game on that. Uh but yeah, finally, it took me a few years, but I'm like, oh, I kinda like the way these look. The skinny jeans. You know, I, I'd always been averse to them. Uh but I, I would try these on, I'm like, oh. I kind of like how this looks, uh, I didn't get them, but, um, but yeah, I went to Urban Outfitters, and it's so fascinating how fashion just cycles, it's so crazy, because there, the, the big thing that I'm seeing, and I don't know how long these have been a thing, but now I'm seeing dad jeans, literally, quote, dad cut jeans, and basically they just look like bigger jeans, uh, bigger jeans that don't fit right because they they like come up above your shoe they're like short wide jeans (laughs) that just made me laugh and if you wear dad cut jeans don't take it personally uh i'm sure some people pull it off i am not one of those people that could do that maybe i could i don't know but uh yeah i i couldn't imagine those looking good on me so uh that, that was funny. Dad cut jeans. Like, how long is it going to be until we're seeing uh, the Jenko jeans come back? I don't know if you remember those. But, uh, yeah, this is probably in the early to mid-90s where big jeans were the cool jeans. Like, really big. And they kept getting bigger and bigger until they had these Jenko jeans. And I swear, each leg was probably, like, as wide as a, a waist. The waist of the jeans like they just it's basically like a, a dress with a septum or wait is that what it's called yeah a dress with a septum in the middle for your legs but uh yeah i mean now that i've seen the cycles of tight loose uh for clothes and and just like 80s are back 90s are back 2000s are going to be back soon I wouldn't be surprised if uh if the massive jeans come back as being cool so whenever we see brad pitt wearing janko jeans uh we'll know okay so anyway back to my experience with this uh kick some major buttocks this month uh got so much stuff done um one of the things I, I, one of the most striking things I noticed about how I felt physically and mentally during this month was that I needed less sleep, significantly less sleep to feel good. So I mean, uh, yesterday or two nights ago, I only got five and a half hours, and normally I, that would be a real struggle for me. To I I, I feel like I'd feel like crap all day. But I was fine. I was totally fine. All day. Didn't feel tired. That's another thing. Uh, The energy is very consistent, so I'm not getting these mid-morning or mid-afternoon dips where I just want to, like, lay down and take a nap. Uh, I don't get that, which is really interesting. And and there have been several, this isn't just a one-time thing either, there have been several, several nights, and on some weeks, several nights in a row where I'm only getting six and a half, maybe six hours of sleep, which is, that's less than, than optimal for, you know, what I needed before this month. And if I had to guess, I'd say a lot of that's because I'm not yo-yoing so I'm not I'm not you know paying my party tax on the weekend or no you get the analogy you know like drinking staying up late uh just like getting out of my rhythm on the weekend and then trying to get back into it like I feel like that has a lot to do with it maybe the water has something to do with the the exercise maybe the quality of sleep I'm getting is better so I need less of it. Um, in any case, that was a pretty cool effect and it's it's been repeatable. Um, but uh, let's see the the meditation this one still I need some work on this because I am finding that I'm very I must have let it myself go for too long because I'm very very distracted. Uh, I find in the, even in the morning when I, you know, I meditate first thing and then my thoughts are just like racing to get out of the, get out of the gates and trying to not be engaged in those is a real challenge. And, uh, it has been getting a little better, you know, with practice since it is a practice. Um, but yeah, I, I find that I'm, just usually bombarded with, with thoughts and ideas and good, good stuff, but still distracting me from what I'm trying to focus on. And ultimately that skill of being able to focus and being aware of when you're getting sucked off track, uh, that was a weird way to put it. Uh, but you know, getting like, getting distracted by thoughts and, and stuff, the being able to be aware of that so you can stay focused on your task that's that's kind of one of the main points uh for me to be less controlled by the spontaneous thoughts so yeah, I found myself really coming at like getting a lot of ideas when I was meditating, like oh, this would be a good thing to talk about in the podcast like I had a lot of ideas for the podcast uh, when I was meditating I also had ideas for videos ideas for yeah videos and podcasts were the main distractions of what I was thinking of or or even just like yeah a lot of stuff a lot of stuff so I think I need to reread the book that kind of served as my guide for for this which was a book called Mindfulness in Plain English which that's that's one of my favorite books uh it's like the perfect amount of information on like the philosophy of it but but not too much and it's balanced with practical application and yeah it's just a great guide it's just the perfect amount of information and it was enough information that I I felt like, you know, okay, I don't need to read another book for a while until I feel like I've fully maxed out the information that's in this book. And I haven't done that, not even close yet. So, you know, obviously it's better to get a wider range of sources, but I've felt, I don't know, I felt I really liked this book and and the way it presented everything and kind of uh, the way that it... It's not telling you to believe a certain thing or think a certain way. it's really giving you practical uh methods to explore it yourself and to uh you know f- find find these find these things out for yourself, which I like and yeah it's it's nice it doesn't get too esoteric or i don't know if that's the right word ethereal doesn't get too out there where, like, I can't connect with the information or I have to really, you know, it, it's all, it can all be applied uh, very easily. And it was a really comforting book. Um, the ideas in that book really made me feel a lot more comfortable with the idea of facing the inevitable challenges and adversity that life is going to bring. Uh, It made me feel like, you know, if I really understood and and practiced the the ideas in this book, that I would be much better equipped to handle difficult life situations. Uh, So, anyway, it was like a comforting feeling. I've noticed uh, my exercise. So my criteria for this month was exercise for one hour a day. Very general statement that could, you know, some days I just run, I just run drills behind the oxygen plant behind our house. I just like do all kinds of running motions. Some days I, I, yeah, I'll do, I'll just do running and stretching. Other days I'll go climbing and then I'll do some lifting. Uh, occasionally I'll just do all climbing. I think there's only like two days where I did that. Just one hundred percent climbing, but usually it's like weightlifting and climbing. Uh, but yeah, I didn't designate a time of day to do the exercise, so I started out, you know, almost first thing in the morning. I think I I I did the meditation and journaling first, and then I then I did exercise. Uh, but I just kept pushing it back, so. And I was like, no, you know, I want this, I want this early time. I want to knock out some, some music stuff first. Uh, because that's, you know, that's more important to me, at least in my head, which I'll, ex- I want to talk about later about that way of thinking and how that's not a good way. Uh. So yeah, then I was like, all right, I'll, I'll do like before lunch, like I'll work all morning and then I'll, I'll, work on music all morning and then I'll 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 work out before lunch then I get home eat a big lunch and then I was like all I'll I'll do before dinner and then before you know it it'll be it's literally the last possible hour that I can do it I'm doing it and if I hadn't kind of made this plan of wanting to do it every day I would totally have just skipped it on those days where I Find it that it's like eight o'clock, eight thirty, and I still haven't worked out yet. So in those situations I'd just like run out the door and just start run <laughs> just start running. Go run to the oxygen plant where there's like a big open pavement area and I'd just just do some running drills. Which I I really like that. Partially you know, I've always liked running movements more than just straight up jogging. I've never, never, ever really felt drawn to jogging. But I do, I, I do feel drawn to doing shorter distance, higher intensity running or like more varied running movements. So we're talking about high knees, butt kickers, power skips, lunges, karaoke, the shuffle thing, back pedal. We're talking about all these different movements. And, you know, that's just more interesting for me. And uh, I'm definitely, you know, very out of breath uh, by the end of any of these running sessions. So it's more like interval stuff is what I gravitate towards because I'm a, you know, I think I'm a fast twitch kind of guy. You know, those slow twitch fibers, I just don't, I don't know if I have them. I don't know if I have very many of them because jogging is always just, I've dreaded that. So kind of just do whatever I can to avoid it. It's probably not a good thing, but what can you do? You know, one thing at a time here, first things first, just get the exercise in. Second thing, tune it up. Yeah. So yeah, today is the last day. Uh. Yeah. Tomorrow I can do whatever I want and not feel like I'm, Breaking this little thing I committed to doing, breaking my commitment. That's what I was trying to say. What am I going to do? I think I'm just going to keep doing the same thing because uh, I really like the way that it's been feeling. I like the momentum that it's been giving me, and the focus and the consistency. You know, I like I like all these things. So I think I'm going to keep doing it. I think I might be a little more flexible with it. Um, And I think I might focus on some different things. Might make some adjustments, focus on some different things. So uh, what are the adjustments or or things I might change for November? Well, I still want to get up early. I might shift it back a little bit so I can do things like go jam with other musicians who are playing late at night. And still, and not have to fluctuate my sleep schedule a ton. So I gotta figure out a a, kind of an ideal time. Uh, And you know, if there's days that there's something going on late and I stay up for it, I I, maybe I'll keep it early and just uh, make those exceptions for those types of things. Although that's a very slippery slope, you know, if I start making, if I start changing my schedule for for these things, uh, then I just know that, that that could quickly lead back to the kind of schedule I don't want to have. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I'm going to consider that. Uh, I've really just been trying to squeeze more than I can into the days. And that's what's been getting me in trouble. I, there was like maybe two days where I overslept. Uh, and those were after... And it, it was for a good reason, so I'm okay with it. Uh, I was working on a music video for the song Stargazer off the new album. And uh, yeah, I I hadn't really dove deeply into a video project for a long time. Uh, I did a lot of video in high school. That that was what I envisioned my that I would be doing as a profession after, you know, college. But you know, I didn't get into the film school that I applied to. So I and then I kind of just like chose something different and then I ended up finding music. But yeah, I, I remember how much fun I used to have so much fun making videos, uh, and we would just make, like, funny, stupid videos, me and my friends, and, uh, you know, some of the most fun times of my life have been doing that, and some of the hardest laughter and just pure joy, uh, has been, a lot of it's come from, you know, has been in those situations where you're deep in a video project deep in an idea and uh it's for some reason it's just so hilarious when you're working on something and you come up with stuff that you think's funny and just be goofy uh in front of a camera so anyway i hadn't gotten into a video editing project in a, in a while and i got kind of taken by surprise and i ended up you know like very deeply engaged creating this video and the like in the video I had I paid uh, someone on Fiverr to dance in front of a green screen and uh and it was great because it was like a pretty well lit green screen so like the green screen effect worked well and uh and then all these light bulbs started going off about different things I could do with you know, with footage that was filmed in front of a green screen, like multiplying the the people and mirroring them and like making silhouettes and creating custom backgrounds. So I was making like frame by frame animations for the background. Um All these, I just started getting all these ideas and it be, started to get really fun and I didn't want to go to sleep. So, um you know, and I was still exercising some restraint. So I could have stayed up all night on one of these occasions and totally ruined my, my next day uh, or two, next day or two. But I didn't. But I did stay up later. And and then I ended up sleeping through my alarm. Um, but, you know, woke up, just did what what I had planned to do that day and uh yeah it was okay and it it was only two days maybe three days i slept in a little bit to like eight seven or eight uh but yeah i wasn't expecting to get sucked into the video process but it was it was fun and uh it was fun to 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 be creative in that that medium um What else would I do? You know, so one of the first things I said was that during this month, I needed, it seemed like I needed a lot less sleep to feel good all day. So, you know, five and a half, six hours was no problem this month. But I was, I was listening to Matthew Walker, the sleep, the sleep researcher, he was on a pod he was on Rhonda Patrick's podcast, and I was listening to that episode and He's just going on and on about how about all these crucial vital things that happen in sleep and how much better your brain functions when you get enough sleep so it made me curious you know what would what would it feel like if I prioritized my sleep a little more so I think for the next month, I might Prioritize eight hours every night, uh, and just you know, obviously, sometimes you can't. You might wake up, and you can't make yourself fall asleep at the right time, but put myself in the position to get eight hours of sleep a night. I'm curious what that'll do, and how I'll feel about that. Maybe, maybe so. I'd be losing an hour of productive time. But it could be one of those things that I need less time to do the same tasks because my my brain is more focused and uh, working better. So, yeah, I think I might try prioritizing sleep. I'm considering splitting up my exercise. So instead of doing an hour every day, doing an hour four days a week, and then doing half an hour three days a week, Um, I still have to consider this. I don't want to slide too far. Um, I think the, the important thing is daily. Um, but if I could just run out my door, go run a little bit, be back in, you know, just do that for three days a week, that would save me some time. And I think I'd still be getting, uh, that would still be accomplishing a lot. Because, let's be honest here, uh, I'm not training for an event. I'm not competing in anything. I'm not a professional athlete here. I'm just trying to develop good exercise habits. Because that's going to be more, more, you know, that's going to keep me healthier for longer. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and you know I think I've, I've, I've been doing this and I'm going to keep doing it But I, I need to prioritize You know within the exercise realm Prioritize the strengthening Of the back And the flexibility uh, Strength of the back The glutes The hamstrings and flexibility Of the whole posterior Chain backside of my legs and stuff for good posture, which is actually really crucial. And uh, earlier when I said, you know, working on music and stuff is more important than working out. And I kind of took it back. And here's why I take it back. Because if I'm not in good enough shape, to sit at my desk with good posture for the many many hours that I do that I'm not going to be able to work because uh I'm gonna have back problems and you know I've gotten a taste of it and when you can't sit at your desk to work on something uh for more than you know a certain amount of time before it really starts to become distracting um that's like a, that's a, an issue I need to take more seriously because, um, yeah, then it really is, uh, you know, keeping me from, from doing what I want to do. So actually the health is more important than the music and, uh, it should be prioritized like that. So let's see what else we got here. Now that the album's done, I feel the the great sense of relief of having this project out of my hands, out of my head. Uh it's no longer taking up space in my thoughts, uh in my day. Uh it's very relieving because for so long you're just uh kind of tinkering with these and hammering away at these trying to trying to get them to sound as good as you can. And just feels so good to be done with them and now they're just cemented you know I'll I'm sure I'll enjoy listening to them a lot over the years and uh, now I can start working on the next one which I'll tell you right now I have one about 70% done maybe 75% done it's going to be a shorter album and it's going to be song based so it's all going to be music that's more focused around vocals and lyrics and uh it's going to be a varying style so some some of it's electronic some of it's more uh acoustic or rock oriented um but the common thread is lyrics and vocals which i you know i haven't been doing much of uh lately but i do enjoy doing and i get uh i get a lot of fulfillment from the thing about doing those is when there's an expectation to perform them, a lot of times when I make songs with words and vocals, I really love uh, making the recordings, layering, doing a lot of rich harmony and like a lot of different vocal things. Uh, and you know, I just can't do that live. So uh, whenever I, I play songs live with, with vocals, it's always like, ah, you know, it's just it's not as good as a recording. Whereas when we play songs from Sprout, the album, as a full band at a show, I feel like it is better. Um, those are better performed live. And so it's not that I don't think I can do that with, with vocally driven songs. I just haven't really found the right range, style, Like, the right... I haven't found my voice in a live setting yet. Um, And, you know, that would just take time. Time dedicated to finding that. And, you know, that's just... I just haven't done that. Haven't spent time just singing and playing the guitar. Uh, Performing songs and singing, you know? Uh it's just one of those things that, you know, if I did it, I'd get better at it and I'd, I'd learn a lot, but I, uh, I don't do it because, you know, balance is, it's hard to find balance, uh, when you're, you know, guitar. I want to, I want to be a good guitarist. I want to improve. I, you know, so I, you know, to improve, you got to practice and, and the same thing with keyboards like piano or just yeah i want i would love to be better at that like organ being able to play collab stuff that that takes time and practice drumming i love drumming i i would love to be a great drummer uh takes time practice do that same thing with voice same thing with music production same thing with songwriting same thing with bass i love bass i would love to get better at that All these things, you know, you could dedicate a lifetime, and people do, a lot of people do, to any one of these instruments, or, you know, mastering, production, any of these things, you could completely focus your lifetime diving into, Uh, but, you know, there's just not enough time to do that for, for every one of these, so... It's kind of been a very slow learning process for all of them kind of at the same time. And I'm, you know, I am much better at all these instruments than I was 10 years ago. But, you know, I would definitely be better if I was... Uh, I would definitely be better if I focused, you know, all my time into one of them for a year, two years, something like that. But here, here's the uh, here's the best solution that I've found, and that is uh, recording. Recording is the ultimate, like, multivitamin of learning for music, for me. That's been my experience, because when you record, you've got to play the instrument or part that you want to hear in your recording. You've got to play it until you get it right. So, sometimes you'll be playing the same thing over and over again, and you're really listening. When you listen back, you hear, like, ooh, I don't like, you know, how this part sounded. Like, I think I want to try and get it get it better. Um, so, you get better, you know, I got a lot better at, at playing all of the instruments, because when I would be making recordings by myself, I would, you know, play the drums, play the bass, play the guitar do the singing, and so I needed to be able to do all of these on a level that was, like, that sounded okay, that wasn't distractingly bad, you know, to the best of my ability to make it just solid. Um, And earlier on, what that involved was a lot of times, you know, okay, I can't do this thing that I would like to be able to do, but I can do this one simpler thing and if I just play this one simpler thing really tight and with good tone, like that'll work. And I, I found that, you know, you could, you know, I had to do this a lot with drums. And I noticed, you know, when I would make a song around a drum loop, I would be like, wow, this is just a repeating, simple, just like, it's just this repeating, simple drum beat, yet this song sounds you almost don't even notice that it's that simple because, you know, other elements of the song are making it interesting and the, the drums are just kind of providing like a framework. And, you know, the, certain repeating elements are just, they're, they're kind of, yeah, creating a framework and the, the, the rest of the melodic elements are furnishing. And uh, so, early on, I realized simple and solid can go a long way. You can create the complexity through other means other than a complex part, Uh, like a technically complex part on an instrument. You can make the complexity and the interest come from the overall uh, picture of all these different elements combined. And if you combine a bunch of simple elements, uh, it can make for a very complex sound, where if you look at any one of the elements, it's simple. And I, I always found that comforting about you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of timeless music, a lot of times it's, uh, it's very simple. Um, or, you know, it's not, it's, you don't have to be like a a prodigy to be able to play it. Like, you know, any regular player can play it, but the idea as a whole is, uh, is where the, what sets it apart. Also, like, Uh, Just that idea of anything complex is just a bunch of really simple... You know, when you break it down enough, it's just uh, a lot of simple actions can make combined something really complex and amazing. Um, I can't think of a better example now, but I I remember going down that train of thought before. And uh, I think it was with the musical thing, because I was... I think I was watching a video where somebody breaks down this really complicated sounding run of notes where they're just like, it's like this, when you hear it, you're like, Oh my God, one of those kind of things. And then he he breaks it down and it's just this repeating, you know, five note, four note, it's this small repeating chunk, the small repeating pattern that just keeps moving and so on that level it's like very simple but when you put it in the context of you know having a bunch of those little simple things and then executed at you know a high speed it sounds really impressive so i don't know that uh i think i was thinking about that in the context of of life in general and kind of really started drawing a lot of connections between these just, just like fundamentals, like the execution of fundamentals and then stacking those things. Uh, and you know, that really, sometimes when you look at something, when you hear something really complicated, you, that's what you hear. You hear like this complicated, like how, how did that happen? Uh, or how is that possible? When it gets broken down to a small, smaller level, at a certain point, it becomes something simple, and it's just a bunch of those things. Fractals. Fractals! Ugh, the universe is made of beans! Ugh. Okay, sorry. Ran out of stuff to say about that. Anyway... I really enjoyed that podcast with Lucas Bauman last week. Uh, He's got so many interesting things to say and really stimulates a lot of interesting topics uh, when I talk about him. Uh, We could have talked for another three hours, I feel like. Had so much stuff I wanted to ask him that I, I forgot about, remembered later. But, um... Yeah, so hopefully we'll have another guest tomorrow. Uh, If that goes through, uh, Shane McLaughlin of the band Buffalo Rose. He's planning on coming over tomorrow. And uh, we want to have a conversation about music, about creativity. And he's in a band that does a lot of songwriting. Uh, The music in that band is very based around vocals, lyrics. It's completely it's a complete world in its own uh you know compared as compared to instrumental music with with none of that you know They're, yeah just words and singing just a complete another world and uh i like both worlds and i i've i've been i've had a lot of enjoyment uh, creating music in both worlds so uh we'll see uh, if that goes through tomorrow That'll be great. And, uh... Yeah, that's all I got. What Do I have anything else? No. Oh, go to ChalkDinosaur.com uh, If you... If you want to, uh... Download, uh, the... The album. I put up the uncompressed AIF files... Uh, in the ChalkDinosaur.com online store for any of you audio files out there uncle tom i'm looking at you if you want those aif files complete with the metadata you can find them on chalkdinosaur.com uh yeah that's that's all i have uh that's that's all i got for today so i'm going to wrap it up uh yep well see you later